Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlich and McLean podcast brought to you by Duke's Mayonnaise. KG, are you kidding me? Come on, guys. We are so jacked up to have a new partner on the podcast, a partner that is trying and is right now synonymous with college football. They've got a bowl game. They are the South, and that's a little bit of twang that is Duke's Mayo. Guys, we are so jacked up for this partnership. Going to have a lot of Really just fun things throughout the month of December and January with the Duke's Mayo Bowl right in Charlotte, North Carolina. There's going to be a ton of fun things, guys. We have some giveaways, some tickets, promotions. I cannot wait to get this partnership rolling. And just to give you guys a little bit of background, Duke's Mayonnaise started right in Greenville, South Carolina, the home of Kelly Gramlich. Shout out. Uh, And really the way that Miss Duke did it is she made sandwiches in her home to sell to army canteens during World War One, And so now it has blossomed into this amazing company, this amazing brand that is absolutely thriving right now. And we are so pleased to have them as a partner of the podcast. We are so excited to have them, Mac. And the main thing I love about Duke's Mayo is that they love college football as much as we love college football. And they are so ingrained in the South, It is uh, the South's favorite mayonnaise. Soon enough, it's going to become the country's favorite mayonnaise. And it has twang. They also, they have so many different things on their website. Go check out dukesmayo.com. You can enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes until December 13th for your chance to win a VIP trip to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. We are also very excited. We will be covering the Duke's Mayo Bowl extensively. It will feature an ACC team and an SEC team. So stay tuned for all of that. We're going to have a podcast that completely previews just the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And they have such great mayonnaise. We know that. They have Southern sauces as well. They have samplers and, and different trial packs that you can try out and dressings on their website. They have everything. And uh, they may have some some new and exciting things coming as well. Duke'sMayo.com. It's everything you need to know there. That's right, KG. Listen, y'all, when you choose Duke's mayonnaise, you add twang to your game day dishes Football season's not over. We're right in the most important time. Bowl season, championship season. Like I said, it gives you that twang that gives you the edge to be the y'all star champion of your tailgate. We have a huge episode here for you guys. First, we're going to be talking with Wake Forest linebacker and two-time team captain Luke Masterson. And then we will tell you everything you need to know about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons before they face Pitt in the ACC championship game on Saturday night. But first, Mac. Let's uh, tell our listeners a little bit about our Duke's Mayo guest of the week. Come on, KG. Luke Masterson is going to join us today. As Kelly said, two-time captain of Wake Forest Demon Deacons. He is in his sixth season with the Deeks and absolutely thriving this year. Second on the team in tackles with 63 and just always showing up on film. Anytime you turn it on, you see number 12 flying all over the place. As Mac mentioned, Luke has played a ton of football for Wake, and with that means a ton of school. But this guy actually likes school. He graduated with a double major in economics and communication with a minor in entrepreneurship and social enterprise back in 2020. And now he's pursuing a master's degree in sustainability. Can't wait to ask him all about that because how? How does, how does one even do that, Eric McLean? 
I don't know. Listen, Wake Forest is a very fine institution. I'm not sure how he has uh, one, two, three, four, 12 degrees coming out of six years. It's very impressive. He's a special student, a special player. Let's jump right into our conversation with the leader of the Deke defense. Luke Masterson, my man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I want to start off the field here because KG, our co-host, our lovely co-host, just told us about all of the school that you have done and had to do a double major in economics and communication with a minor in entrepreneurship, social enterprise, and now I assume a master's degree in sustainability. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So when does your push for world domination start? Is that after graduation, after the ACC champ? Like, when does that happen? Not so much, but uh, I've been lucky to have a lot of support from Wake Forest to uh, <laughs> help me out along the way to, to get that school done. How did that like come about? I mean, clearly you're a smart guy. What, what do you plan on doing with this number one after your illustrious NFL career? What's the goal? What's the dream of economics, communication, entrepreneurship, <laughs> and sustainability? Yeah, so I never really planned on doing that much, obviously. But as I kept, you know, staying at Wake, I ended up being ahead of, ahead of schedule a little bit with school. So with the minor, that was kind of like a natural progression in the, with, with my major. Um, and then when I came back for my fifth year, I was kind of in a position where I could take one or two classes and be a part-time student, or I could go for that second major. And I figured, why not make the most of the time? So, I, you know, I, I made the decision to do that extra major. And then with the craziness last year with COVID um, and all of us getting that extra year eligibility, obviously none of us really planned on being here six years. But when that opportunity came, I kind of looked at that next step and the master's in sustainability was it. So um, really it was just, you know, making the most out of my time at Wake. And, and uh, I credit the, uh, the Wake Forest staff for allowing me to kind of do as much as I can to, uh, to, to make the most out of my uh, degree. Yeah, there's no doubt that you did that, Luke. That's that's incredibly impressive, especially from Wake Forest. And I'm just sucking up to my mother-in-law, who's a proud Wake Forest grad. So if she hears this, she'll know how, how great all of her degrees are. Um, let's talk about another off-the-field thing really quickly here. At ACC Media Day, Sam Hartman was there. He was one of your representatives at ACC Media Day. And he said, if we don't win nine or ten games this year, the season would be a disappointment. What did you think when you heard that? And did you have that mindset as well? Yeah, I think all of us kind of had that mindset. We, uh, you know, our motto this year is good to great. We've been a good program at Wake. You know, we've kind of established that going to a bowl game is something that we do at Wake Forest and something that we, is kind of a standard. Um, but we wanted to take that next step. And I think all of us kind of bought into that, that vision in the spring. And, you know, something that we all found too is it's really easy to say that. It's really easy to say, let's go from good to great. Um, especially in the spring, you're not doing, you're not playing games. You're, you're doing stuff on your own. You're working out. So we really started getting challenged into camp and into the season with that motto to, to uphold it. But um, to our credit, I think all the guys did believe in that. All the guys really bought into that, that mission this year. And uh, that's part of the reason why we've had some success is we've had a lot of guys believe in each other. So when Sam said that it didn't surprise you at all. No. And is that something that, did you guys talk about a number? Did you talk about this? We need, we want to have a 10 win season. Yeah, I think um, that was kind of the goal. Um, obviously we want to get more now, but I think if you want to be a championship level uh, program, especially in the ACC, you kind of have to get to that 10 wins to get to the championship. So that was kind of our, um, you know, that was kind of one of our goals is, 
is to to get to that, and then obviously wanted to get to where we're at right now and get to the ACC championship. Luke, you bring up the the good, not great, and and clearly the the success that coaches had at Wake Forest, you've had in your tenure there. What has been the biggest difference to you? Now, you coming off of one of the hardest years that any student athlete, any coach has ever had to go through, and then to be this great of a team right now, what's the biggest difference? How did we get to this point? Um, that's a good question. I think there's a lot of different moving parts to that. I think it's you can't really credit one thing. Um, but I think something that I could touch on is just the buy-in with the team. I think everyone from – you know, the starters to the guys on scout team have completely bought in this year. And I've seen that more than ever this year. Um, we got the scout team at practice, like, like cheering when they make a play or, or wanting to, they want to, they want to get us better. They want to make the defense and the offense better. Um, it's a complete team buy-in. And that's something that I've noticed throughout the spring, summer, and then obviously throughout the season. Um, and then also I think just having an older team has helped. We've had so many guys that have played a ton of football that, you know, Adversity happens in every football game in one way or another. So to have a bunch of guys that have been in a lot of different situations that can kind of stay calm, you know, analyze what's going on and then move on to the next, what we need to do to win um, has been huge for us as well. We know you, your offense has been electric with the points that, that the offensive side of the ball is putting up. You guys go against them every day in practice. So why do you think this offense has been able to be so effective and what do you expect to see from your offense in Charlotte on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think it all starts with Sam. He's a great leader. Um, obviously, he's a great quarterback as well, but he really makes that offense run. Um, he demands greatness from everybody, and I really respect that. Um, we've got a lot of playmakers on the outside, obviously, a receiver. Um, I think one of the best positions that people overlook on the offense is our running back position. You know, we got three guys there that are super unselfish. They cheer for each other's success. Um, and that's a huge reason why we've been able to have some success on offense because they're unselfish and they're all splitting reps, but they're all keeping each other healthy. Again, I, I think it starts with Sam just being a great leader. Um, and then we, we got skill across the board on offense. Um, in terms of Saturday, uh, you know, I think we all kind of just expect them to kind of do what they've been doing all year is uh, go out there and execute. Obviously, Pitt's a great team. Um, they present a lot of challenges on defense. Um, so it's just going to come down to execution. Luke, before we jump, you know, all the way into this Pittsburgh matchup, I wanted to ask you about your coach and, and Coach Clawson and just signed a big extension, which is fantastic. I think his commitment to this program has, has really been noted and it's good to see him get rewarded. Why do you think that, I don't want to say disrespected because I don't know if that's the right word, but maybe it is. You know, why is he not at the top of these lists when LSU comes open, when Notre Dame comes open, when you know, Virginia Tech, maybe he was, but but just these these big programs, because he's such a great coach. I mean, I, I think if you know football, you know that Dave Clawson can coach with anybody. Why is it, in your opinion, that he is not mentioned with some of these names and some of these lists? That's a good question. I mean, I'm not entirely sure. Um, obviously, Coach Clawson's a great coach. He's, a, he's done it wherever he's been. Um, I think it kind of has something to do with just being at Wake Forest. I think it's the same reason why, you know, we're kind of picked to be last in the Atlantic every year. Um, we're a small school. Um, we've kind of, you know, every single year we're kind of overlooked a little bit. So I think that might have something to do with it. But, you know, Coach Clawson's a great coach. He's, uh, he's first class in everything he does, and he's really, uh, he's really taking our program to the next level. Well, I'm happy to keep him because I love talking with him. I love talking with you guys, and, and I think he's, he's, he's the top of the line. He's top class. 
All right, let's jump into this this matchup. Let's jump into the ACC championship. And, you know, speaking of y'all's offense, their offense has been unbelievable as well. And, and you have a, so many weapons at wide receiver and a guy in Kenny Pickett who I think is the best quarterback in the country. What have you seen from Pitt on film? And then what do you guys need to do to get a big win defensively Saturday night? Yeah, they're a great offense. I mean, it all starts with Pickett. They just execute really, really well. They, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Obviously, they've got great skill on the outside. Number three is a great receiver. Their running backs are really good as well. Um, just across the board, they're a really good offense. They execute well, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. So um, we're definitely going to have to bring our A game this Saturday. All right. I wanna, I'm going to ask um, – a, this is a teaser for the listeners. I'll ask our Pittsburgh guest. I'll ask him this question as well. But for you, Luke, what would it mean for you as a six-year guy to win an ACC championship for Wake Forest? Good question. Um, By the way, okay, people can't see his face right now. He is smiling yeah. ear to ear. I love that. I love it, Luke. I love it. No, I mean, it's just, especially at Wake Forest, it's, we've heard all about the 06 team that won the ACC championship. And since I got to Wake Forest, that's kind of been the standard. And everyone's talked about 06. Um, it's something that I've heard about all six years that I've been here. And, you know, it's awesome. I, I love hearing about it because you get to talk to some of those guys on the team. And especially before this year, kind of talk to them about what they did to get to that point um, and what we could do to get to that point as well. But now that we're here, I think, you know, myself and my teammates would love to uh, kind of take that next step and be the team that those guys are talking about in the future as well. So. Really, it's about leaving a legacy, and I think at Wake Forest, especially if you win an ACC championship, your team's kind of put down in the history books forever. So I think uh, that's something that me and my teammates are, are holding on to. And you're talking about just the overall vibe at Wake, the family, the, the campus, and what's blown me away is you guys have always had pretty good student turnout at your games, but I saw and I put out this stat because I did a little math and of course I didn't go to Wake so you can check me on my math, but that about 80% of the student population was at um, one of your big home games and, and just how they've showed up. So what that meant for you as a guy who's been there for a long time to see the support from the students and from the, the Winston-Salem community as well. Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, I think NC State was our senior day and obviously a huge game for us and to see the, I mean, the student section completely full. It's just, it was incredible. Um, the support that they've shown, you know, when you're in class, you know, saying congrats and stuff. It's, it's to see from where I came here um, six years ago to now, the, uh, the difference has been incredible. Um, we really appreciate them and the whole way, the Wake Forest community for the support this year. And hopefully we can make them proud one more time. That's right. And hopefully they travel and, and will be a nice, uh, nice to see some, some wake faces at that game. And, and when you look at that championship, Luke, what's the mindset, I guess, of the team? How are you guys feeling right now? Because I had heard and, and maybe seen on social media and how true it is, how isn't, that there was a little bit of nerves in that Boston College game. And, you know, a, a game that you had to win, you know, all you had to do was take care of your business and maybe a little bit of nerves there. H how are you feeling right now, you know, before the game going into this championship? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of extra noise with the championship level game. Um, we kind of experienced that last last week as well. But, you know, as a leader, the thing I'm just trying to push is is we're, we're playing another football game. I think it helps not having a bye week in between. We're kind of going, we're rolling right into it. And it's just, it's kind of just an extension of the season. Um, you don't want to downplay the fact that it's a championship level game. You don't want to downplay that, you know, the significance of the moment because it is a significant moment. It's a huge game. But at the same time, 
just preaching to the, the guys on the team that you have to do exactly what you did, you know, every single week to get here. Um, if you could add a little film, add a little extra stuff to do, obviously that'd be great. But, you know, stick to the process that got you here. Um, stick to that routine and try and go one and again. I love it, man. I don't think there's any question why you've been a two-time captain, why you're such a great leader. Uh, most important question of, of the interview here, lock in for me. Uh, what is the routine for the, for the beard? Cause the folks can't see it. They'll see it on TV, but that thing is thick right now, man. What, what's it look like? <laughs> well, I kind of joke with some of my linebacker friends that, you know, I would grow the beard out the whole season and it kind of became a, a joke, but I've let it keep going. Um, at first it was getting pretty gross and I wasn't really doing much. Um, but I had to trim it up a little bit and use some beard oil to, to help out a little bit. <laughs> There you go. It's in a great place. Well, Luke, man, thank you so much for your time. Good luck Saturday. We'll be there live, the huddle on ACC Network. Can't wait to see you guys, and I hope you have a great game, my man. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Luke Masterson for joining us. I don't know where he found the time between his, you know, all of his classes and he's also in the film room and he's the leader of the defense. So he's checking on some younger teammates. He's doing all these different types of things, getting ready for an ACC championship. Mac, before we dive into the X's and O's with Wake and how Wake can win this game, I want to ask you about a question that you asked Luke about nerves and just some nerves heading into that BC game, knowing that this was the first time a lot of these guys were playing in a a game that could lead to a trophy that could lead to a, a championship trophy, not just a bowl game trophy. And I know you played in your first ACC title game was in 2015 that you actually played in. What was that experience? Like, did you have nerves in that week heading into that game? I tell you KG, what was so interesting for us at least that year is although that was the first conference championship we had been in since 2011, we were number one, that entire college football bowl process. So there was so much expectation, I think, on us that it, it, it's a little bit different than I think this game is. And, and this one, to me, it kind of feels 50-50. It feels like either team could run away with it. Any team could get the victory. For us, it was almost like this is the next step. This is the next thing that we have to do to then go to the playoff, to then hopefully play for a national championship, something that Clemson hadn't done in 34 years. And, and so it was, I just feel like different pressure, different you know, expectation-wise for what we had in front of us. But certainly, butterflies, certainly when you're rolling into Charlotte, you're going into the the beautiful uh, hotels that they have there and then the NFL-type stadium, um, you were just excited and, and you mm-hmm. couldn't wait to get out there and play and, and something that we hadn't done in four years. And now for, you know, Wake Forest, as Luke just mentioned time and time again, all he hears about is 06, 06, 06. And so now to be the next possible team, you know, to capture that trophy – it's just really cool. And so I, I can't wait to watch this game. Can't wait to watch him play. As I said kind of in our intro there, he flies around the field. Anytime you see a tackle or something happen, number 12 is close by. Uh, Luke Masterson just having a really great year. So it's going to be interesting, KG. Do any of those nerves kind of creep in and it is kind of noticeable to start the game? Yeah. And, you know, they always say this about football, and, of course, I never played, so you can help me with this. Whether it's a quarterback, whether it's your O-line or you're on the defense, whatever, those nerves can really hit you before the game. But then once you get out there and you get hit, does that kind of <laughs> knock you back to reality? Is that true? No question. No question. And, and I think maybe more so for 
you know, a skill player, you know, because the, the big guys, we're getting hit all pregame, all right. warm-ups. You get hit like every we're, play. we're hitting each other. But I think when a quarterback takes that first hit or, or a, a running back, a wide receiver, you get that first contact, then it's like, all right, let's go play. Let's yeah. play football. Uh, you know, because they're not getting touched in pregame. Like, no, do not touch the quarterback. Right. Do not touch your skill players uh, <laughs> warming up. Let, let that all happen on the field. But, you know, for us, it, it's probably more so, you know, just seeing the defense. Like seeing, okay, that first drive, this is what they're going to do. Like I studied, I understand, I know they're doing exactly what we thought and how can we beat it? How can we physically outmatch it? How can we scheme it? So I think for offensive linemen, just myself personally, it was after that first drive where I was like, all right, this is going to work. Our game plan is going to work here. Interesting. That'll be something to watch. We know a lot of those first drives are scripted as well offensively for a a lot of college football teams. Let me tell you, if those aren't hitting, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the scripted plays aren't working, you're just like, oh, buddy, we better or figure something else out. if the scripted plays aren't being executed, too. Like, exactly. if you're just having mental errors, that can be a problem. <laughs> Long day ahead with, of you. Uh, we saw that with Clemson a little bit at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know. Okay, let's talk about, we have two great quarterbacks in this matchup, and Luke had such great things to say about Sam Hartman. Both of these guys are veterans. Both of these guys are very heady players. They have high football IQs. They know exactly where the football needs to go. Um, they're also really both super tough. They're both mobile and can get you a third down with their legs if they need to. They're not exactly Malik Cunningham out there. But <laughs> Sam or Sam Hartman, second team all ACC. Can he pick a first team all ACC? So really the two best quarterbacks that we've seen, except you have some, there's been some debates elsewhere with Devin Leary and, and Sam uh, Howell and all these different types of things. But overall, I feel like you give Pitt the QB edge in this matchup, but it's not a big difference, right, Mac? It's not a big Edge. It's not a big difference. Uh, certainly is one. Uh, I certainly do give the the nod to Kenny Pickett, but we'll talk about them later. I want to talk about Wake Forest and, and Sam Hartman and give him his flowers because he has had an unbelievable season, completing you know all his throws at sixty percent, right under four thousand passing yards. Might break that in the championship game. Thirty four touchdowns, throwing the ball. 10 running the ball, so 44 touchdowns, which is, ironic enough, the same as Kenny Pickett. Uh, so it, it's incredible to see the success of this young man. He has 100 rushing attempts, 342 yards, and a, he's lost 120 from you know being sacked 26 times. I hate that stat. I hate how sacks negatively impact the quarterback. Like, if you want to do it for the team, sure, but don't do an individual win. You know, there's five other guys that maybe didn't get him a chance or, or protection or, you know, something. Like, let's add that back. So he should have about 460 here, some quick math, not Wake Forest math. Uh, 460 rushing yards, but he's special. And, and the way that he commands this offense has been very impressive to see, KG. But one thing that has stuck with me more often than not about Sam Hartman is when we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago when they were playing Army, and he just said the biggest thing that he was working on this season, going into this season – was his mental capacity, his mental understanding, and being able to to just move on. You know, if a bad play happens, I'm on to the next. That is something that once he said that, I started looking at it from under a microscope and just said, okay, let's see if that's for real or if that's just talking. It's so evident. It's so clear that he is able to move on and get to the next play so quickly. And I think that's why he's been so successful and having the best year uh, of his career and it's been really impressive to watch. He he truly is an extension of a coach on the field. He is. And I agree with you, Mac. I think the mental side of his game, the mental toughness, the mental health that he's, he said he worked on it even beyond the football field, like his, in, his entire mental approach and relationships 
in football and outside of football. And, and you can tell that he's put in the work. There's no doubt. And, you know, a few guys that have made him look really good this year are his wide receivers. A.T. Perry, first team all ACC. Ja'Cory Roberson, second team all ACC. Plus Taylor Morin, who's also played really well. But you've got three excellent wide receivers in this game playing for Wake Forest. We know that Pitt loves to play man-to-man coverage. So you're going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups. Who do you give the edge in this one, Mac? Wake's wide receivers or Pitt's secondary and Pitt's defense overall? Oh, I like that. I thought you were going to ask me Pitt's wide receivers or Wake wide receivers. And honestly, up until you know, probably about an hour ago, I was split. But I, I think I'm leaning – I'll be confident. I'm leaning Wake Forest. Wake Forest has the better wide receivers. Uh, A.T. Perry, freaky. I mean, basketball player. A, a guy who is so big and strong and fast. We saw him get out in space last week and really be able to move. He's a matchup nightmare. And so if you're going to cover him one-on-one and not have safety help over the top, I mean, you're asking to be targeted, number one, and you're asking to be taking you know, a little bit of advantage there. Can Wake Forest do it? I think yes. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Sam Hartman able to drop bombs on guys. I mean, even as a, a talented defense as Clemson was and the things they were able to do, Sam still threw for over 300 yards and A.T. Perry still did his thing. And, and so it's clearly going to take more of a team effort. There's going to have to be some type of running you know, threat. Uh, but A.T. Perry is freaky. And then Jaquari Roberson, the things that he can do, uh, you know, very similar to A.T. in terms of, you know, just being able to go vertical, get over top of guys. And then really the cherry on top with Taylor Marin. It's been so impressive to see those three guys any given Saturday. I think A.T.'s kind of separate a little bit. But any three, any of the three of those guys can just go nuts and, and have a huge day for you. And it's been very impressive. Also very impressive to not see – you know, somebody kind of like half half go at it. Like still seeing guys go hard in the paint, even though that AT has emerged and he might be the go-to guy. Like these guys are still running the hardest routes they can because they understand we have a quarterback that will find us. If we're open, he's going to get us the ball. And I think that's what's really helped them be so dangerous this year. I'm loving all your basketball references, by the way, Mac. That's, that's, that's great what I stuff. do. Come on. That's what you do. Yeah. Um, the other thing too with Wake I think the bottom line, and we can talk about the O-line and we're going to get to the run game too, but Hartman has to have time. That was the issue against Clemson is Clemson was able to blow up the mesh point and he wasn't able to have time. But on the plays when Sam Hartman had time, he found someone. And his receivers do a really good job too of if the route's not there, they continue to work to get open, come back to the ball, whatever it is, and give Hartman a chance. Yeah, that is really, KG, going to be the biggest key of this game is what did Wake Forest learn from the Clemson mm-hmm. game, and how can we get better from that? How can we take our offense to another level that if Pitt takes that mesh away, if they take what we want to do so well, if they take that away, how can we respond? How can we be competitive? How can we still figure out how to run the football, which takes us right to our next point with this this offensive line, You know that they have done such a great job all year. That this Wake Forest is one of the most balanced teams, if not the most balanced team in the entire country. They have 400 and 34 passing attempts, 489 rush attempts, and the yardage is exactly probably what you would want from a balanced team. They have to keep that. They have to stay true to that nature and to be able to have the run and have the pass when they want. And that starts up front. I mean, this offensive line has played very well. They've been very impressive. Now the key is going to be, can you protect Sam against this exotic defense? Exactly what you Mm -hmm. said, KG. And it's different from Clemson. I I want you guys to hear me that – it's going to to maybe end up looking similar, 
but it's different because of how they do it. Clemson can just physically out-dominate you. They just have dogs on the front, uh, you know, front seven that can physically impose their will. Pitt has similar guys, but theirs is a little bit more schematic. They're going to bring these different pressures, bring these different looks, and try to confuse you, try to overload a side and then bring it on the other with a corner cat or a nickel Sam blitzing. And so it's it will end up looking the same but it is so different. And just, you know, how is Wake Forest going to react to that? Do you think we will see Wake try to focus a little more on the run game? They basically abandoned the run against Clemson, but we know CBS, Christian Bill Smith is back. And, and of course, I loved how Luke gave credit to his running backs and said, look, this is one of our undervalued groups nationally because they have three dudes. They have a three-headed monster with Ellison and Turner and CBS. And he made a really good point. He said it kind of in passing, but that's been able to keep them relatively healthy. I know CBS had some health issues, but when you have three dudes, you don't have just a workhorse and inevitably that guy's going to get beat down. So do you think Wake will be able to establish the run more in this game? You know, I want to touch on that point real quick before I answer your question. I think it also gives you options because if a guy gets hot, you go, you stick with them, you go with them. I mean, you have three probably starting capable running backs on the same team. And so, you know, you, you give it to them kind of evenly in the first quarter and then you figure out, okay, who's going to be the guy who, who's going to be hot today. Who's seeing the game slow down and, and running very well. And so to answer your question, I don't know if they can KG, I'm not sure because this pit defense locks down the run. They're the best in the conference at shutting down the run, not allowing you to get that going. And so can wake establish it? I'm not sure. Can they give up on it? No, you, you have to find a way to get it done, whether it's with your quarterback or a trio of those those running backs. You've got to figure something out. And, and so in a game like this, you put all your cards on the table. You're not saying, oh, we got to save this guy. We got to rest his legs. We're, we're winning a football game. Like this is playoff football right now. And if we win, we're going to a new, new Year's Six Bowl, one of the biggest bowl games that you know this school has ever been in. So when you look at those guys – what's so impressive about just their unselfishness, they're committed to the grind that they just keep going. And by the end of the season, Wake Forest is going to have four guys with over a hundred carries. I mean, it's nuts to look at this stable when you add in Hartman to those three running backs you just added. It's, it's crazy. The balance, not only the balance between the run and the pass, but the balance between your wide receivers, you have two, a thousand yard wide receivers. And then you've got all these guys with a hundred carries or more. It's, it's like a picture perfect definition of balance offensively. Mac, my biggest key in this game, and I know you have thoughts on this too, is the turnover margin. Wake has forced 27 turnovers this year. That's incredibly impressive. That's not fluky. They do it in pretty much every game. And one of the things to watch with Pittsburgh in the Western Michigan loss, I don't really know what to make of that. That game was stupid. But the Miami loss, Kenny Pickett threw two picks. And he threw a pick near the end of the game that inevitably kind of sealed the game for Miami to win. I think if Wake wins the turnover margin, that's kind of a precursor to me to victory. I think they have to win the turnover margin. If they don't turn Pitt over at all, which would be rare for what Wake does, then I don't, I think it's very, it it hurts them in terms of having a chance to win this football game. Do you agree? 110% KG. And and the good thing is they're great at it. That's what they do. I mean, they're third in the country in turnovers game. These guys will find the ball in this year. Uh, it, it's been a lot of forced fumbles and recovered fumbles. I, th- I believe they're second or third in the country in that. Not as many interceptions as as they had a year ago. That's kind of what they really hung their hat on last year when they were right up at the top of the country in, in turnovers gained. So they've got to find a way to do it, get that ball, rip it out. 
Uh, Travian Red has really been the guy. He has three picks, three recovered fumbles. I mean, ball hawk. I mean, he's going to find the ball. He's going to be the guy to, to really get after it. I think the the second thing about the defense, because you're not going to stop Kenny Pickett, right? We, we haven't seen anybody do that this year other than you know, God, when when he really was blowing <laughs> strong wind against Virginia Tech, the the rain, the rain against the North Carolina and and the wind uh, really affects the way you throw the football. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before, uh, but Wake Forest has to get after Kenny. They have to make him uncomfortable. They have to pressure him. Uh, we we've seen a couple of guys on this defensive line be able to do that. A duo of defensive linemen with seven sacks here. You've got to make him uncomfortable. You don't necessarily have to get him on the ground, but you have to get his eyes down at you, make him get out in the pocket, and then just hope that your guys are in the right spot and can make a play happen. So it's going to be very interesting. I think that Wake Forest wants this to be a shootout. I think that they have played in many this year. They're comfortable in that situation, and they feel like their offense is is built for that. So if they turn this into a basketball game, into a fast break up and down the field, I think that's exactly where they want this game to be. I agree completely, Mac. Now, we're not going to give our picks until Friday's episode where we're going to preview more of the Pittsburgh side. We will have a Pittsburgh guest. Stay tuned. But I do want to get your initial thoughts on this spread here. Pittsburgh is a three-point favorite in Charlotte. Does that sound about right? I think that's about right. You know what? It's going to be interesting. Does this line move at all? Mm. Like, does it stay where it is? Is that is there any secret information out there that nobody knows about that you know maybe can move this line, or is it going to stand still? Uh, I think it's I think it's fair. I mean, I think these are two evenly matched offenses. I think you when you look at the defense, you give the nod to Pitt. When you look at both offenses, as I said, they're even. I give the nod to on defense to Pitt. I give the nod on special teams to Wake Forest there. So so really, it's like one and a half to one and a half, and somehow that gets three phases of football. So as evenly matched on paper as it can be, cannot wait to see this game. It's going to be a lot of fun, KG and Charlotte. One team averages 42.8 points per game. One team averages 42.9. Sign me up. Here's my here's my only thing. Please score. Don't don't be a boring game. Oh, like, there's gonna be. Let, let's make it a track. Man. There's gonna let's be score. Points. Let's score a bunch of points. I I hope so. I hope so, guys. You got to do yourself a favor. Go check out our producer, Richmond Weaver's podcast, Rich Take on Sports. He had to work so hard on this episode. Let me just tell you guys, I couldn't talk. I couldn't remember. I couldn't read this episode. And you will never know that because he makes it so perfect. Rich Take on Sports, anywhere you get your podcast. So many great stories about sports and just diving into different aspects of life uh, that can be related back to athletics. So many good interviews. Do yourself a favor. Go check that out. But that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and MacLean brought to you by our friends over at Duke's Mayo. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.